Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tenderness see? Who through life has been my guide? It's a challenging message. It's not the one that everyone wants to hear, but it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a non-believer. This life always has trials within it. But it's so much better to be a believer and go through fiery trials to, to sit in the fiery furnace than it is to be a non-believer because the fiery furnace means something totally different, doesn't it? And I don't even mean that in a funny way. Jesus talked more about hell than he ever did heaven. And it ought to be a warning, but that's what makes the gospel such good news because there's really bad news. That's why the gospel is such good news. But Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at these three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and a, and a billy goat. Sometimes I say it, but it's a bendigo. They are going to be standing in the furnace, in the fiery trial. And uh, it has a lot of lessons for us uh, to stand during those times. But also there's a beautiful message in there about our future blessed hope. And so I can't wait to dive into that. But last week, just a quick review, we looked at chapter 2. And we looked at the interpretation of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And if you remember, he was going to kill everybody in his castle, in his palace, all of his uh, magis and astrologers and sorcerers, all the wise men, he was going to kill them. He was going to cut them into little pieces and burn down their house if they didn't give him not only the interpretation, but the dream he had without him telling them. And we know that Daniel asked the king to give him some time. And what did he do? He went and prayed and he sought the Lord. He sought the Lord for the dream and the interpretation. And last week we looked at that interpretation. And Daniel explained that the king had had a dream of an image, a giant statue, an image. And that image had a head of gold. It had arms and a chest of silver. It had a belly and thighs of bronze. So like the Olympics, gold, silver, and bronze so far. Also brass, same thing. But then he described its legs. And we looked at this. They were legs of iron. And we know that the Roman Empire has two legs, and we'll come back to that. But then there were these feet of iron and clay. And we looked at how each of these materials in this image, in this statue, they diminish in value, and yet they increase in strength until those feet. And those feet were fragile because there was iron mixed with clay. Something going on here, a dynamic we don't fully understand. And I'm glad to see some of you back after last week, because when you look at the verse in Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, it tells us whoever they are, they're going to mingle themselves with the seed of men. And I hearken back to the days of Noah. It could be something like that going on. And it's really, it's kind of, it's just strange. We have to be honest. It's strange. But we looked at that. But we also looked at each of those metals each of these materials, each portion of the statue, described another kingdom, Gentile kingdom on earth, a ruling kingdom. It would talk about, remember, if you, if you remember, the head of gold was Nebuchadnezzar, it was Babylon. But Daniel told him that, and I'm sure that made the king very pleased. Oh, I'm the head, I'm the gold, I'm the most valuable. But then we know that the chest and arms of silver 
would become Medo-Persia. That's who would conquer Babylon 66 years later. We also know that that, those, that belly and thighs of brass, that was pointing to Greece. Alexander the Great and the Grecian Empire. But those legs of iron were indeed the Roman Empire. And I've told you that all of those world kingdoms, I told you last week, all of those world kingdoms have come and went from the scene except one. The Roman Empire is still with us. It just diminished. And it indeed also had two legs. Remember, it had a capital in Constantinople, the eastern capital, and a capital in Rome, the western capital. Two legs of iron. And it was brutal. It crushed every force underneath them. It was, it was horrible. It was brutal. But that kingdom has not gone away. It's just dissipated. And I won't go into all the theology of that because there's more. But then those feet of iron and clay, they're attached to the two legs. And while that's not profound, again, remember, they will have the strength of iron of the Roman Empire. They will be brutal also, these, these feet of clay and of iron. And we know it will be a revived Roman Empire because they are attached. And we looked at how those feet would have ten toes, and those ten toes in Daniel chapter 7 are equated to ten horns. And we get the cipher in Revelation 17 that those ten horns are ten kings that will have power for a season in the very last days, the Antichrist kingdom, and they will give power willingly over to this man, the beast, the Antichrist, the false messiah. And we know, we looked at some of that, they are indeed the last world empire controlled by man, ruled by man. Because we also saw in that dream that Daniel interpreted for King Nebuchadnezzar, there was a stone cut without hands, that destroyed those feet, that destroys that last kingdom. And we know that stone is the one the builders rejected, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. And I have to tell you, as we get closer to the coming of our Lord, how exciting is it that we get to be part of that last kingdom? We know that dream tells us that stone, Jesus Christ, will destroy the last worldly empire of man, the last empire ruled by man. And we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. And we get to rule and reign with him forever. And now you'd think a man like Nebuchadnezzar, he'd have a little bit of wisdom. He is a king, after all. He's the head of gold. You'd think he would have had a lot of wisdom in all of this. Because remember, verse 47 last week, he even said to Daniel, we looked at this, after he gave him the interpretation, he said, Truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal this secret. But here's the problem. What he told Daniel was this, your God. He's not saying it's my God. He's saying, Daniel, your God is the God of gods. But he's not the king. He's not the king's God yet. And we know Nebuchadnezzar will come to the Lord, but it's going to take a lot for him to come to the Lord. But I don't think King Nebuchadnezzar knew in the moment how important this was and how privileged he should have felt to be used by God in this way. To give him the cipher of revelation. I told you, Daniel chapter 2 is the backbone of prophecy. It gives us a lot of understanding, as we'll see as we get deeper into the book of Daniel. And in Revelation, it gives us the understanding, the cipher, to understand many things in these last days. But this king, <laughs> so stubborn, so foolish, he didn't understand what was going on. And so he's going to do something downright dumb. I think in the Greek it's stupido, I think. I, I don't know, maybe I made that up. But he is. And how is it that we prideful men, we don't realize how God's working in our lives, and you women too, to a lesser degree, I'll be honest. But seriously, us prideful men, how is it we don't recognize when God is moving in our lives and we do stupido things? But that's what the king's going to do. 
because now he's going to commemorate his dream. And this is anywhere from 2 to 11 years after that event, but he's now going to commemorate his dream. But as we see, he's going to make the whole statue out of gold, which really is what? Self-worship, because he was the head of gold. He's going to make a giant statue and make the whole nation, really the whole world, worship it. Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and its width six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, and the satraps are just uh, officials who protect the kingdom, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 3. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 4, Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace." Verse 7, so at that time, when all the peoples, or all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Let's pray. Father, this is your word. Lord, my prayer is often help me to get out of the way, and Lord, that is the same prayer today. And I pray, Lord, that your word would penetrate the hearts and the minds of the people here today. Lord, give us spiritual eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Lord, remove our pride. Remove all of the things we hold on to, Lord, that would get in the way of you and your message. And God, pour out your spirit upon this teaching and upon your people. Bless them and help them to understand the deeper meaning of all of this, Lord, and that there is a beautiful promise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So instead of giving glory to God, instead of creating an image like his dream and then saying, this is what God told me, and these are the things that are coming, King Nebuchadnezzar does the selfish thing, and he creates an entire image of gold. And then he uses it as an inspiration to worship. And essentially, when you realize it is of gold, and he was the head of gold, it's to worship himself. And notice, he brings music into it all. And as we just experienced, music can be a powerful form of worship. Can it not? This is why we have to be careful, because one thing I want you to understand is that music can cause you to worship whatever you're singing about. Do you realize this? Satan was a musical genius. Some suggest he was the music leader in heaven. We don't know for sure. There is some evidence in scripture to say that he at least had an understanding of musical things. But I have to tell you, you're going to worship whatever you sing about. Do you understand? That's how powerful music is. So, you know, the church, we wonder why the divorce rate's so high and drinking so high, all the problems of the world. Well, you know, most of you listen to country music. Now, I'm not here to be on country music, but it's like I was thinking about this. Look, you're just going to become and you're going to worship whatever it is you listen to. Okay? I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying, hopefully. But worship is powerful. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.